Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Omega Metroid podcast from OmegaMetroid.com. My name is Andy Spateri, joined, as you can see, by my cat, Zora, and not by Dakota Lasky, not by Duminal Crossing, but by my good friend, Gooey Fame. Goo, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, how you doing? I'm doing great, yeah. Um, Glad to be here. Yeah, just a, a chill Saturday so far, like, mm-hmm. uh, just haven't done much. I played a lot of Blossom Tales today, actually. It's a cute nice. little Zelda-like game for any of you guys out there, and I'm going to be talking about it uh, next next week on the ZeldaCast if anyone wants to check that out. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been a nice day, nice uh, nice calm day. Took my dog for a walk. It was nice. Oh, that's nice. Here it's like downpouring, so I'm hoping Ooh. that the weather doesn't affect the stream quality here between well, me and you. We we got <laughs> like some um, I don't know. We got like some some overclass cow cloud things going on here so it's probably going to start pouring i would mm-hmm. say any second it's like that hot rain and it's uh, yeah just uh hot uh, rain hot rain um <laughs> so yeah we are uh we are going to do our second ever alien in review today which is uh special <laughs> yeah the new sub series that we started here on the podcast that is all about the alien franchise and of course everyone that's a fan of metroid probably knows that the the Alien franchise was really instrumental in um, inspiring a lot of what we know is like the core concepts of the Metroid series. And uh, so we thought we'd just take a journey throughout all the movies and just kind of talk about them and, and, you know, the general overview and then how they relate to Metroid and then just talk about the movie in general. And that is something that Goo and I have been doing for a long time together. Uh, If you didn't know, we have... Another another podcast called Virtual Theater. That is a podcast about video game movies and the stories that shape them. That's been going on f- four four years. Four I think. Year. Yeah, yeah. So uh, um, we're pretty well versed in this. Yes, and if I may, I want to do a plug within a plug. Oh, we're on this podcast plugging our podcast within the uh, RSS feed of our podcast. I have another sub podcast with called Movies That Whip with our good pal Adriel, where we discuss movies that whip ass. Yes. And we probably actually by the time this comes out, I will have released our episode on James Cameron's Avatar. Oh, so, yeah. If you're, you know, you hear us talking about this James Cameron classic and you want to go hear some more. I would you go know, over to the virtual theater feed and give it a listen. I'm going to listen to that. I, I feel like Avatar had such a strange journey. Because when it came out, everybody loved it. It was the highest grossing movie of all time. Actually, to to branch off to my thought here, I was thinking about James Cameron today. Because obviously James Cameron directed Aliens. And, and mm. I was just like, man, James Cameron directed... Uh, I, I always think of like when I grew up, Titanic was the highest grossing movie of all time. And it seemed like it was like forever, right? Like... And it, mm. I think it was only there for 12 years. And it, it's funny because, like, I think Avatar has been the highest grossing movie of all time now for longer than Titanic was. But it just seems like... Or I guess it's not anymore. I think Endgame took it over or whatever, didn't it? It is again. Is it? Okay. So there was Endgame passed it. And then just this past year, they did a special re-release of it in China. <laughs> and it has now... Taking the lead once again. Yeah. So uh, thank you, China. 
<laughs> yeah, I can't wait for that Avengers Endgame with like five minutes of extra bonus footage. Yeah, that's probably what they're like. Shoot, we gotta start. Uh, yeah. We gotta do that again. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so that was just to say that like it feels like uh it feels like it hasn't been that long since Avatar took over Titanic, but it's actually been longer. But my original point was what a strange journey that movie's had because like I feel like when it came out, everybody loved it. And then it feels like everybody kind of turned on it right away and was just like, oh, it's just Pocahontas mm-hmm. and it, there's nothing memorable about it. And, and I was always just kind of like, I don't know, I really like this movie. Like, it maybe doesn't have the yeah. most original story, sure, but like, it's such an awesome movie to like, look at and and experience, you know? Yes, we don't go beat by beat on it, but I would, I would recommend anyone who's curious to rewatch it. And I think we talk about certain aspects of it, how, um, well, one of the big things I do in the episode, I'll spare you of it, is... If you go on Wikipedia, you can find this too, but there's just like paragraphs and paragraphs about the inspirations that went into making it, like different types of stories and other things. Mm-hmm. And it's insane because it's literally like it's inspired by like every story ever. <laughs> and so like all the comparisons that people are like, this is like this or this or this. It's like, yeah, it's actually trying to be like that. And I yeah. think, I don't know if we make a great case, but we... State, I at least I think that some of those ones people bring up, I think it's a better version of those stories for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. I think it actually kind of is a uh, at times is kind of an inversion on some of those stories too. But yeah, it's um it's actually a pretty cool movie. I think it's yeah. worth the revisit. Um, well, from one James Cameron classic to another, here we're going to talk mm-hmm. about Aliens, the sequel to uh, Ridley Scott's Alien. But before we do, just want to very quickly plug as well, while we're plugging, uh, the Omega Metroid Summer of Metroid Madness Tournament rolls on on OmegaMetroid.com. By the time that you guys are listening to this, I want to say it'll be either the final four or the last matchup. So uh, make sure that you get over there and get your votes in. We've already had some... Some people uh, come in and cause some pretty massive upsets. My, I think your bracket's actually better than mine, so that wow. that tells you all you need to know. I was trying to, to go know. check it actually because yeah. uh, my my bracket's named is it name is I have only played one Metroid game. I love it. If there was that one, and then right above it, there was like I am Sam, which is my wife, <laughs> who's also She's doing better than too. me. Yeah. Wow. So uh, that is rolling on right now. So all your favorite, I-, I hope that all your favorites are left. I'm assuming that Samus and Ridley and uh, the like are still there, but anything could happen. So you never know. Get over there and go vote. You can win some, uh, well, you can't win anymore, but if you entered before, you could have won some Omega Metroid swag. I'm actually waiting for mine to be delivered to me right now. Um, so yeah, got a, got a couple designs in the pipe and might have some exciting news for that. But um Enough shilling, enough plugging. Let's do this alien mm-hmm. in review. And um, Let's do it. I, I think I'm trying to decide where I want to start here. And I think what There's I want to do, I think what I want to do is give this movie kind of an apology because I think that for okay. a long, long, long time, I um, so I I love Alien. Like, Alien is one of my favorite movies. It's so awesome. It's, it's like, sci-fi horror. The creature was such, like, this force of nature, indestructible, like, threat. Uh, like, everything about that movie, I think, is so good. And and I kind of was disappointed for a long time that Aliens didn't keep the tone of the first one and, and didn't, like... I, it was, it's more... 
you know, it's it sold as like more of an action movie and it is more of an action movie, but, Definitely, um, yeah. you know, it, uh, to me, there was, there was something that I just didn't like, maybe even I would use the word resented about it for, for kind of like making the aliens themselves seem like indisposable or not as threatening. And I think, I think I just like need to kind of, I don't know. I, I think I kind of got shed that mentality for the, for the last time last night. I've actually watched this movie. I want to say three times in the last, like, calendar year and i don't know why i just uh, yeah i, I just Twice have for me <laughs> so while i was watching this i i was just like you know what this movie is really good it, it is really good okay this movie is awesome and i think that like once you kind of get over or once i personally got over that it wasn't exactly what i wanted it to be i really started to appreciate it for like for like what it is and, and like mm-hmm. it's it's really like awesome movie and actually when i was watching it last night i i really did kind of admit to myself i'm like it's not like necessarily like that action packed or you know what I mean? Like it's like it, it's it, slow builds. It, um, it has like one in the middle, like kind of the, when they, when they first mm-hmm. get there and stuff goes wrong and Ridley's driving the truck and it's awesome. And then, but before that, it's a lot of more, it's similar to like the other one where it's more yeah. tension and stuff like that. And then it goes down a little bit while they're figuring out what to do. And then, it ends in this massive, you know, scene. Yeah. I think, I think that definitely qualifies it for a big uh, blockbuster action movie for sure. But it does still maintain some of the tension, a little bit of the spookiness and stuff. Of yeah, the original. Um, I I agree. I think that the the, the middle part is certainly like um, it's certainly action packed when they get to the nest and and you know things go really wrong. Um. But even that, like, I feel like they were, like, kind of restrained a little bit. And then they, they obviously, the ending is, like, the big crescendo. And it, and it certainly is an action movie. But it's not, like, um, I don't know. Like, I, I guess I was just thinking, like, when I think action movies, I'm thinking, I'll, I'll pick, like a, like, a Dwayne Johnson, like, San Andreas movie or something like that, right? Where it's, like, there's, like, a really big set piece in the first act, a really big set piece in the middle act, and, like, right. this action schmozzle at the end. And, like, I don't... I think that we get, like, a moderate set piece in the middle that kind of informs how you... Like, there's payoff when you go back to the end as well. So even even though I did resent this movie for a long time, I, I don't know that it's really, like, as... I don't know, like, tonally different as I think that I thought it was. It certainly is different than Alien. But I, I think that it it isn't, like, so far removed to feel, like, completely different, you know? I, I, I think what keeps it connected while being tonally different enough i think it's thematically very similar to the Mm. first one um just you know first of all with just the action stuff to what you said about how it kind of makes the aliens more dispensable it's true you certainly see more get killed but granted they're getting killed by a group of people with like you know yeah. high-powered weapons and stuff like that which the miners or whatever in the first movie did not have mm-hmm. but second i would say it still keeps a similar present pr- premise because this whole team of elite badasses gets totally washed by them you know they yeah. they happen to kill a few because they got you know these guns but it's really like like it's not they they get completely wrecked like that first that middle action scene we're talking about it, the the thing you get across is after 
a half hour of building up them all going like, yeah, badass, yeah. yeah. They just get completely <laughs> wrecked, and the guy, the one guy is just all of a sudden crying and screaming and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and then I also think just thematically it keeps it keeps going with the stuff of, like, the Wayland yutani Corporation. Yeah. You get yeah. more of, like, the commentary of that. Um, and then... I'll, also, like stuff with like mother motherhood is kind of a theme that's carried over in the mm-hmm. story with Newt. It's certainly presented in a more, uh, it's it's more of a like I wouldn't say it's like a it's like a big blockbuster way. You know, you got a kid in there, so there's you know that automatically makes it a little less like kind of edgy is the first one. I think you could say like Terminator is similar too. You know, it's like uh, actually, yeah, I, I think that's a, a a perfect analogy. We're like. I also really love the first Terminator because it's it's also a little bit more of like a it's not horror but it's there's there's some scary parts and Arnold is so like him Arnold and the alien are like almost similar in that they're so imposing and so you know what I mean and like the sec the sequels to both of them are are clearly more action based in nature. Um, you which could I like think... show your like uh, your family this you know it's like a yeah. little a little too scary probably for the kids but you know what I mean like yeah. You could, you, watch this with your parents and it's like oh that's that's fun yeah well so when i was watching this last night too i was kind of thinking to myself like like everything that happens in this movie is very logical like it seems like Mm. this is logically like what would happen next if alien one were to occur we're like like uh and we could talk about we'll talk about this in specific scenes later but even the beginning when like the the slimy company is Uh, like all over ripley and then, like, she's insistent that they go back and destroy all of the eggs on uh, LV-426. Like, everything that happens just seemed like it's very practical and very it's logical. So like, this would happen. In a yeah. lot of ways, the beginning part. We're watching it. It was me, McKenna, and Nico. And at one point, Nico was like, the thing that sucks is that, like, this is exactly what would happen. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like, the company. Oh, it's just... They're so slimy. You hate them. You know? <laughs> even, you know, even from, like... Um, from Ripley's standpoint, though, like, I think that what she does is also, like, everything that she does, oh, like, yeah, yeah. totally makes sense, like, to to watch and to see, like, what she does is, like, yeah, this is what I think a character in her position would do, this is what I think a character in the Wayland yutani position would do, like, it, it, everything is very logical together, which I really appreciate about this movie, actually, and I, it really kind of hit me last night when I was watching it, um, so yeah, I mean, Alien will, will always be my favorite, um, I For think sure. that it, and I, I think that too, like, like kind of what I was saying, like it's, you know, I had to appreciate this movie for what it is. And I think that I kind of keep coming back to this idea where like, okay, like if they were going to make a sequel to alien, you kind of have three options. Like you either have to be better than worse than, or different than, and like, it's pretty hard to be better than alien. Like that's a awesome mm. sci-fi horror movie. So like by definition, you're probably going to be worse than Unless you're different than which this movie clearly opts to do and it forges like certainly an identity of its own. So I, I've kind of really come around to this this movie, actually. Yeah, yeah, I think I mean, in the realm of what this type of movie is, I think it's I think it's one of the best. Yeah, I, I mean, maybe it's it's not a full like, you know, it's not constant action or whatever, but I would say this is one of the best action movies like ever made. Um, I, I think I could agree with that. Yeah. Cause it's like, it's, how do I put this? The action, it's not constant action. You're right. 
But the action that does happen, like in the center part of the movie and then at the end, feels like earned because they've they've built up the stakes. The stakes are so, yeah. Yeah, they've built up, like like you said, it was like half an hour of the team running around being like, we're so badass and like whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, so it it felt, uh, yeah, it it felt like everything was kind of leading up to a crescendo, which is kind of like, I I don't know. I I mean, I don't want to sound like the old dude yelling at clouds or anything, but like, I feel like in a lot of modern movies, you kind of have, like, an action set piece for the sake of having one, because I think a lot of movies feel like you need to have, like, this big, impressive scene where, like, a lot of crazy mm-hmm. stuff happens, and um, I, I I think that you do have that big, impressive scene in this movie, too, and a lot of stuff is certainly happening, but it just, it feels like they got there in a more natural and earned kind of way, so... Um, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I mean- Everything's like set up and paid off. It's really cool. Like obviously the final, like, payoff with the the whole box loader thing that they mm-hmm. you know that was a like there's all the stuff is like that where it's like it's set up earlier. Like you, you know, they establish like what this character's connection to these things are and yeah yeah I don't know it's a very satisfying watch. Uh, yeah, there there is a ton a ton of themes that pay off in this movie, which uh, you know we can we can talk about a little bit. But I do want to talk about how some of the themes in this movie, at like in my opinion, very clearly inspired um, the Metroid series. And of course, we know that Alien One, there, there were so many things that you know the whole premise of the movie pretty much inspired the whole premise of the Metroid series. But I think that there is a lot of things in the sequel, particularly that when you look at them. Mm-hmm. Um, really, you can see their influence in Metroid beyond just, like, the general, like, framework of the series. And two things stick out to me. Um, There's a couple things, but two things I think very clearly stick out to me. And as you mentioned, the one thing that sticks out to me the most is that the central theme of Aliens is really about motherhood. And, and like, you know, you've got, you've got Ripley and coming to grips with losing her daughter and then kind of adopting uh newt and then uh, even like the the queen alien like is is in her own way like protecting her aliens right and and i think that that kind of central theme of of motherhood is almost like combined into the metroid series and in the overarching story of like samus finding the the baby metroid at the end of samus returns and then it kind of becoming a central part of her life in in super metroid and then the the baby you know sacrificing itself for Samus at the end of Super Metroid and how Samus kind of, um, you know, that, that whole journey, I feel like kind of mirrored how, how, uh, Ripley kind of not struggled with motherhood, but like perceived motherhood in, in this particular movie as well. Um, so I, I think yeah. that that was something that they definitely looked at and were like, okay, we want to try and, and replicate this throughout Samus return, Super Metroid, other M Metroid fusion, et cetera, et cetera. Because what was what was out um, at this was Metroid was out by the yes. time this came out, right? Yeah. Okay, but not Metroid Two. Not Metroid Two, no. Okay. Which actually is is the second thing that I think very clearly they took inspiration from. Uh, they being Nintendo, is that in Metroid Two <laughs> we're introduced to these evolving Metroids, which go from Metroid to Alpha to Zeta to Gamma to omega to the queen metroid and i think that like the queen metroid is this ginormous monster that lays egg sacks everywhere that metroids (laughs) hatch out of i mean i think that they clearly 
you know, they, they already looked alien for inspiration for the first one. I think that this is like a very clear, like, that's a cool idea. We should have a Metroid evolve into something that, you know, can, can produce more Metroids and stuff. And we've seen the queen Metroids use very sparingly over the series. Um, so I, I, yeah, I think that that's very, like a very obvious, like nod to, to the sequel. It's gotta be. And yeah, like, and it could also be too, that just like after, after this movie, I feel like this is kind of like, uh, I think this is true of a lot of James Cameron's movies, but I feel like he kind of establishes a lot of like cinematic canon, you know, of how just like vibes, how things feel, you know, with just some of the designs and, Mm -hmm. and, and big story beats that people love and stuff. So I, I feel like, even if it wasn't directly taken from this, it's it's almost hard to like escape yeah. it after this. This becomes like one of the definitive space things, other than like Star Wars or something at the time, you know? Right, and and I guess like um, the the creatures, like the the aliens and the the Metroids, like kind of evolving and and finding like a queen like figure is probably a natural like story progression for both of those to go into. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, it maybe that they, they probably would have got there independently of each other, but I, I do think that Metroid definitely looked at the Queen Alien and was like, that thing is awesome, and, like, I think that we could do something like this in Metroid. And I also actually think that... So there's a couple scenes in this movie where Ripley is suffering from some pretty serious uh, PTSD from her adventure on um, the Nostromo, mm-hmm. as, as anyone would, of course. And um, I, I think that Metroid tried to replicate this albeit in a very clumsy way in metroid other m Um, i don't think that they did a very good job with it unfortunately um but i do think that they were they were trying to kind of get across that same idea that like this is like really heavy and like this affects samus and seeing ridley again after what he did to the baby metroid is is a a pretty big deal and um Mm -hmm. I, yeah, I, I don't know that they really achieved that very well in Metroid, but I think that they probably took some inspiration, at least from, from this as well, um, in that regard. I can see why, why you would. Like, I thought that's a really great aspect of this movie. Mm-hmm. And like you mentioned, sort of the... It's not even just, like... One thing that's cool about the movie is, like, the more you watch it, there's all these, like, little things, like, nice little details I like. Like, I feel like it wasn't just like about like being a mother and like find like finding a new daughter yeah um one thing i liked about it was like it's also about like newt like them both kind of like finding comfort in each other after Mm. going through a similar experience which i liked a lot and i i like there's like some scenes with like newt and her little doll and she's trying to comfort the doll and i found that like really nice because it you know it just reminded me of like the same thing that ripley was trying to do for her right. you know so yeah. i can see why you totally want to go for something like that um yeah i mean i i think that it's like a good idea if you can execute it well i don't think mm-hmm. that they executed it very well in metroid other m but i like in aliens i think that they did a fantastic job actually with with ripley um and, and showing kind of how she's stressed but not paralyzed by what happened before but you know just everything that was going on with her i, I think that they did a really good job there. I think that there's another there's another um, similarity maybe that sticks out to me. This is probably only for me. Um, I don't I don't think that 
you know, the developers of Metroid looked at Alien for, for this kind of inspiration, but it was something that I noticed anyways. And that was kind of the, um, I don't know, some, some similarities, I guess, between the characters of Bishop and of Adam from Metroid Fusion specifically. Um, whereas you have this synthetic that maybe you're not very trustful of. And then over time he kind of earns your trust and, and shows that maybe there's some humanity in this machine, even though it doesn't have, you know, blood and guts, it's still something that can do good and something that can be trusted. Um, which I think, I actually think that's like a great theme independent, just in aliens, like her natural distrust of synthetics and stuff like that. And I think it's paid off like so well in that movie. She should have said sorry to him. She should have. Yeah. (laughs) Well, she kind of did in her own way. What did she say? Like, uh, you did good. You did good. Or you did okay or something. Yeah. And, and it is, but like, I like Bishop going like, I did okay. I did good. You know, it's like, he's okay with that. So I I actually read something that made me really sad when I was reading, uh, like an, an essay about this movie actually, and how it, like it was, uh, um, an allegory for like the nuclear family where like you have like, Ripley, Hicks, Newt, and uh, they liken Bishop to like the loyal pet dog. And I was like, damn. It's <laughs> oh. like, he is. He's kind of is. What's great is like, he's just like, yeah, I'm going to crawl down. I'm going to crawl down in there. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how he was doing that because he was like slithering just like this. Like, there, there you couldn't a move really his arms. claustrophobic shot of him when he first goes in there, and oh. I was like, oh my god. And, how, and he was pushing that thing ahead. He must have been pushing it with his forehead, just like. <laughs> That's that android shot. I hope that yeah. people have seen this movie and they're not watching this, being like, what the hell are these guys talking what are you about? Talking about? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I kind of noticed some, some similarities for me between Bishop and Adam in here. Samus never really had an inherent distrust of synthetics like Ripley does, uh, because she never really had a reason to, necessarily. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that that was, yeah, like, I mean, similar enough. It's understandable why uh, Ripley might, at first, based oh, on... Yeah. As, well, especially, too, because he's, like, um, there, you know, on, on behalf of the corporation, much yeah. like the last one, and we basically saw that Ash was essentially programmed to carry out their bidding, like at all costs, you know? Yeah. Well, and he was, his programming was very clearly like these guys are expendable, which it's hard not to think that, you know, Bishop might not have similar programming. So I can, (laughs) I can understand that. Again, a very James Cameron thing is like, you know, the evil robots, like let's make them lovable. (laughs) (laughs) Bishop um, doesn't do too much, but I feel like he is, like, uh, just the way he's portrayed. Like, maybe it's just Lance Hendrickson or whatever, but it's like, oh, he's, he's like, a cute guy. Like, uh, You know, he is, and that's, it's another great example of <laughs> of aliens being different than, rather than, like, better than or worse than. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's like... It's like a spin on things you thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I think it would have been really easy to have another android, but have it just not quite as captivating as as mm. Ash was in the first movie. It's actually, like, we're skipping way ahead here, but I think that's what's so impressive about David and the uh, Prometheus and mm. Alien Covenant films. Like, I think he's kind of similar to Ash, but I actually think he's almost better than, like... Uh, mm-hmm. it, Maybe yeah. not, but probably at least as good. Like, he's super well, interesting and at, layered. The Yeah, the thing is, like, it's more of an exploration of that mm-hmm. character. Where Asher Bishop, it's it's more of a simple... It's, like, more of an element of the world, but it's not what the movies are about. Where yeah. it's, like, I almost kind of wish, actually, that the new ones were more just about David 
than the other stuff. You know what I mean? Well, like they I, kind I think of Covenant are, but... definitely is more about dating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to talk about those movies until we get there. I, I think the sequel, the bad sequel route would have been like, what if we had another robot, but it's like even more menacing yeah. and evil. And certain, I mean, certainly some of the things David does are like way more horrific or whatever, but there is like an exploration of that. So I can't just say it's like right. a shallow, you know, sequel thing. Um, two more quick things here about how this movie in particular influenced uh, Metroid. One, I can never... What is that big yellow... Like the exoskeleton? Is that what we're calling it? Is that its the, official name? The loader? It's like a cargo loader or yeah. something. <laughs> I I don't know what it is. You can ask me a hundred times to sit, to tell you what this thing, thing is. A so hundred cool, answers though. will be different. I don't I don't know what, what it is. I can't... Anyways, the, the loader. We're just going to call it the loader. Uh-huh. All right, so the loader is uh, there's a very similar mechanism in Metroid Other M where you fight the deleter in, and it's it's a bad fight. It's not a good fight, um, but it's kind of it looks <laughs> it looks like it was inspired by by this loader. Mm. Um, and then of course things. we have another escape sequence in Aliens, which oh, is uh, you know you got to have that in Metroid. It was classic. The loader is sick, too, I want to say. Like, just an amazing thing they built for this movie, clearly. <laughs> like, every shot with it is, like, how is this real? Like, yeah. even today, you know what I mean? And I love how they, like, kind of show you little shots that, like, they don't explain how it works, but it clues you in. Like, they have the straps on their foot, and yeah. they lift their foot, and it moves it. And it's like, oh, totally. It makes, it, like, makes sense, even if it isn't real you know what i mean and speaking of avatar it's almost like those things come back in avatar but evolve into like the like, better just... version they're so awesome <clears throat> yeah they're not just cargo loaders yeah. they, they, it's like they made that and they're like actually this would be good for punching <laughs> stuff yeah i love the escape too there's there's some impressive stuff that happens there i was just like kind of marveling watching it this time at like how how many different types of like crafts are on display because mm-hmm. you'll have like there's one part where they're running away from uh, one of the, I think it's like the plane and it's exploding and rolling. And that's like a miniature with like a matte painting background. And then it's like composited in the background of them, like on the set and it's rolling at them and it looks so awesome. It's like crazy. And it's like just crazy. Like all the detail that goes into making that and how much Maybe you know, different watch. people. I think I'll watch What's Avatar. that? I think I'll watch Avatar tonight. Yes, <laughs> I think I'll do it. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that. That was all the Metroid kind of inspirations or, or um, um, allegories that I found in this movie. There's probably more, and there's probably more if you really want to look at it with a, a critical eye for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, if, if you are, I mean, if you're a Metroid fan, I feel like you should definitely be kind of paying homage to this Alien series for sure because we the Metroid series owes so much to these films the first film especially in the second film definitely um so yeah i mean if you haven't watched it in a while but check it out but uh yeah let's talk about the actual movie now itself we'll move away from like the metroid reference or whatever and just talk about like the actual movie now and i figure we can kind of start with like talk about like the characters and maybe uh we could talk as much or as little as you want about them what they do in the story how it impacts the plot and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um and I feel like we should start with Ripley, right? Yeah, there's something you said earlier I wanted to respond to about her, actually, that that was cool. You talked about, like, her sort of... She's she's sort of, like, 
dealing with the, what, this sort of trauma. And she is, like, she is paralyzed by it because she does not want to go back, which mm-hmm. is, like, that's totally reasonable. And I liked, like, I liked how they were sort of portraying it. Like, she's she's trying to stay busy with, like, she's got a job loading the cargo In or Jonesy! Whatever. Ian Jonesy's there. But the thing I liked is, like, it... I think that's fair. I think that's actually like a fair, realistic portrayal. Yeah, she wouldn't want to go back into it. And what, totally. like, the thing that gets her to go, you know, it the motivates her is like, well, hey, you could like be reinstated with your thing. And so for her, it's like, it's sort of a chance. Like one, she thinks like, okay, maybe we can destroy these things. But two, like, okay, I can get my like life back. And yeah, and it's it's also too after finding out about her daughter so she's well, kind of we should like mention too this movie picks up 57 years after the original ended so ripley's been floating around in this escape pod for 57 years so like yeah she's literally lost basically her whole life everything she knows she lost her daughter yeah just by aging you know yeah so i like that like um I, i'm like gonna a, touch on that it actually, felt like very I, real grief you know yeah i i feel like um I always think that in sequel, actually, you know, the ones that come to my mind all the time are Jurassic Park in like these sequels where um, they're trying to convince like the main characters to go back and into this very traumatic place. Why? Yeah. And and I remember like watching Jurassic Park 2 and I was just kind of like, okay, I can buy why Ian Malcolm is maybe going back, um, you know. And then I remember in Jurassic Park 3, I was just like, this is ridiculous. Like, there's no way that, like, they would go back again. And, like, so I do. I think that it was very logical how, like, they got Ripley there, clearly against her will, but put her in a spot where basically she only had one option. But I I do kind of think, too, that, like, it it was kind of well done how, like, vengeance played a little bit of part in her going back as well. Like, I I kind of inferred where she's just like, I'm trying to get my life back on track, but I also don't know that I have anything left to, like, to to fight for other than, like, exacting vengeance on these creatures. So I I kind of like that whole whole presentation, the way that they brought Ripley back. And then, like, man, Ripley is so awesome because she's... There's so many sides to her in this movie. Like, she's she's soft with newt she's tough with with um well basically everybody but like especially with like hudson and with uh burke and then you know she's flirty with with hicks mm-hmm. there's just like there's so many different ways that ripley's presented this movie but i think that she's like just consistently like so awesome sigourney weaver is so awesome and like so authoritative um but vulnerable at the same time it's it's such an awesome like a... oh yeah, it's. I, I like how she like. There's, like, just all the little stuff of like she, the of course like these guys who are coming in guns blazes don't think like oh maybe we shouldn't like shoot this room up or whatever. Mm. She's the one who gives them the info on that. Um, I like all those little things like kind of how like she learns how to you know shoot the gun in this and blows up the eggs or whatever. But I like how so much of it is just tied to her experience like as a worker you know yeah. like the final fight is her in like a cargo hauler fighting like boxing with the alien which is awesome and i love the scenes where like just her and the alien are like doing the like <laughs> squaring up <laughs> like, yeah but yeah so much of it is tied to like a very real like real life 
experience, you know, and it's not it's not just like yeah. um you know, it's not like a regular action movie where it's just send in someone who's We you know you what know. like the thing is too is like there are lots of times where Ripley is like clearly scared and when when she's briefing like the team and they're all kind of goofing off, she's like are you finished? Like we're going up against this like incredible dangerous yeah. threat here. Like, and, and I think that no one else really grasps it. And I guess it would be hard to, but yeah, I just, I think that like, she's so commanding when she's on screen and she's on screen for almost all the movie, which, um, you know, helps the movie, but just like everything about her, like her mannerisms, her vulnerability or courage. Like I, like I think that Metroid should have looked at Sigourney Weaver very closely and been like okay if we want to make samus like a uh more of a character in metroid other m like here's a good template to model her after mm-hmm. and they went a different way which is too bad but i mean clearly like ripley is like uh you know she she is yeah. samus before samus yeah i that's when i i guess i don't know too much about other m but i imagine it's it's probably a little bit harder because in a video game you know you're you're so like, you can do just, like, these insane things. And part of, like, Ripley's appeal almost is that, like, even in that last scene where she's got her, like, the the iconic image of, like, her and Newt, you know, mm-hmm. that everyone posts, it's like, she's just, like, she's got the gun or whatever, but otherwise she's in, like, plain clothes, you know what I mean? She's very, like, a realistic-feeling character in this, like, yeah. crazy action sci-fi movie. And, like, you know, Samus is a video game character, so I'm plenty of them do have vulnerability or whatever, but it's probably a little bit harder to portray when you can like jump three stories high or whatever you know or uh shine spark three wall. stories high gooey shine yeah, spark. I, I don't know what samus actually does but <laughs> yeah I, I see what you're saying i think they hand. i mean i think they could have done it much better but uh, like i'm sure yeah to me yeah to me like ripley's like clearly such a like a i was gonna say a good role model but like a, a clearly it's like a, something sure, to yeah. aspire to in, in terms of writing like uh, an awesome action hero that you can like. I don't know. Like to me, I I think that like the role model too. Actually, I think if you watch this, you're like yeah. You watch this and you like identify with her more than anyone. You know, you're not totally. Like... I was about to say like you watch. Uh, we've talked about this on virtual theater a lot, but you watch a movie with like The Rock, for example, and I like The Rock a lot actually. But mm-hmm. you watch a movie with The Rock and like he doesn't really have very many vulnerabilities ever. He's always got a cool line to say. He's never really like too in trouble. He's, he's, he's usually calm and cool and collected. And like Ripley, I feel like has some vulnerability to her. Doesn't always know necessarily what to do. Um, but just has the courage to get done what needs to be done. So I, I, I think that she's like, uh, this, like one of the best action heroes, like just in general. Yeah. Yeah, I, lo- I love, you mentioned, like, when she's, like, getting really intense and frustrated. Mm-hmm. I liked her portrayal there. Like, and it's definitely, it's like, there's, like, I like, too, there's, like, a wide swath of characteristics, even within, like, this range of people who are there, which a lot are just, like, Marines or whatever. But, like, her her intensity and, like, stress compared to, like, Bill Paxton's, where he's like, game over, oh, man, man, is is one comparison point but i also like too how she knows like like it's almost similar to what she's dealing with in the first one you know where she's like there's all these different kind of competing uh motives and she takes some of her experience with that when she like uh she pulls rank and says well actually like this dude's in charge and it's not because 
she thinks this person's in charge, but more because she's like to the to the company guy trying to like be like cool yeah. his jets, you know. Yeah, I love that. Well, I like too that like she just does what needs to be done. Like that when mm-hmm. uh, I can't remember his name, but the the CEO is like freaking out, and she's just like get out of the way and drives. You know, like that's just like the awesome stuff that like heroes do, and it's not very refined. <laughs> it's not very thought out necessarily, but it's like we need to do something. So and Ripley does. Yeah something she, so, yeah <laughs> that is great because she like first pulls the rank and then they're like what and then like a bunch of stuff happens but then after that after it all goes to crap she just starts she kind of just starts like being yeah. like this is what we're doing and it's like and everyone and is who's gonna argue like, with her yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely yeah um not hicks that's for sure we can talk about hicks next if you want uh i think that he was like a solid addition to to the mm-hmm. mythos here and i was glad to see him actually like make it out uh of this whole ordeal uh worse for wear but alive yeah. so yeah well i don't, I don't think he now. sticks out well <laughs> yeah for now spoilers i can't wait to talk about alien 3 i can't wait i'm so, i'm actually yeah. so excited for that <laughs> but so um i i don't know that hicks is like two three-dimensional anything like that he doesn't really have like a big arc he kind of seems to like ripley right away trust ripley um encourages her you know is, mm-hmm. is uh, probably the best thing about about hicks was that he i think he was pretty on board with with rescuing newt at the end where i think a lot of like people might have been like ah she's gone or whatever and he was like let's do it mm-hmm. but let's get our stuff and, and whatever and um yeah it's just like a nice supporting character throughout the movie yeah, I think he was pretty, like, reasonable in that, like, yeah. like he's portrayed pretty heroically, like, because there was the part where it did seem like Newt was gone, and he was, like, and Ripley was kind of freaking out a little bit, and he was trying to, like, kind of comfort her, but also save them, where he's, like, mm-hmm. and I like that response, where he's, like, I believe you, like, that she's alive, but we, like, have to get out of here, you know? Yeah. And then, but then he's down to go save her or whatever, like, you know, Yeah, to do I, that. I really like that, because it's, like, I believe we we clearly can't stay here though. So like we gotta go, right? I I, and I like that. I a lot. don't know if in that moment if he thought like he probably didn't think like we could get her back, but you know, mm-hmm. was like yeah, let's go for it. And he he also just kind of he doesn't stand out as much right away because like the group they're with is like the mo- like the most insane group of characters. It's a motley crew you know? for sure. <laughs> so he's like the most normal one, which kind of makes sense though that why he's kind of like. The there one who the makes end, it, you know? yeah, because all these other guys have these like idiosyncrasies to them, where it's like, is that like okay? They, yeah, but I feel like they Hicks see is... all these like the corny action movie dialogue. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Hicks is the only one who's just like, you know, I think we should nuke him from outer space. That seems like a good idea, yeah. and it's like, yeah, that's a great idea. Actually, that's like the best idea anyone said this whole movie. Um, so he's he like he's very level headed. He doesn't add like a ton of flavor, I don't think, but that's okay because there's a lot of other like really, you know, flavorful like, characters around. I still like. I don't know. I liked their little thing they had. It felt that also felt realistic. It didn't feel like mm-hmm. totally forced, I guess. And I like just for that that little moment where they tell each other their first name oh. feels so satisfying. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I, I kind of like that it's there, even though it very much is a this is like kind of meant to appeal to everyone type thing, you know, like, yeah, give a little feel good moments. Like I, I like maybe. that moment. Cause I, I think like clearly yeah. in that moment where he's like, Dwayne Ellen, I think very clearly neither of them expect to see each other like ever again. 
So it was nice. Yeah. Um, Okay, let's talk about... Who do we want to talk about next? How about Newt? So Newt is is kind of a... I mean, she doesn't really have much to her character. Although she is, like, quite smart. She survives, like, a week by herself in in the camp without the... um, you know, without the aliens catching her. Yeah. So I, she is like definitely very resourceful. And I do think that it's kind of nice to see her, um, warm up to Ripley. And I think that that relationship mm. is, is very believable to me and very like well done. She does kind of, yeah. she gets captured, like she gets captured at the end and has to be rescued and, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, I, I think that she was again, kind of a, a really nice addition to the, to the movie, which is kind of like, not funny, but I feel like sometimes when you add, like, kids and stuff to action movies, it can be either, like, really bad or really good. And I think that this one is mostly really good. Um, yeah, there's probably the stuff a, yeah. with her and Ripley I thought was great. And I like how, like I said, I made the comparison between their two characters, how they're almost, like, kind of similar to each other. Yeah. I also, like, obviously by the fact that they're both, like, survivors of this and they have a lot of... Uh, they have a lot of, they both have a lot of knowledge of the situation by just having survived it. You know, Newt knows all the places mm-hmm. to like crawl and stuff like that. So I, I like that, that it's not just like, it, it adds to that same theme of like, you know, all this like military training or whatever, like can't prepare you to this for yeah. this. You know, it's, it's really about these people who are surviving. I think that, you know, I think there were maybe one too many Newt screams in this movie for me. She has a high pitched okay. scream, but yeah, I mean, well, other than that, in the beginning, they did the thing where like it goes so high that then the sound, you know, like <laughs> cuts out. That was cool. Uh, I really like the scene actually where like she's like going to sleep and then uh, she's like Ripley, don't leave me or whatever, and like the, they just kind of like cuddle and fall asleep. I thought that that was like mm-hmm. such a cute scene and like just uh, really well done. Again, it kind of sells you <laughs> on that. I bond. literally was like. Well, I like, yeah, all their little conversations before that are nice, too. They're talking about their families and stuff like that. But I was also thinking in that moment, like, yeah, if I was in this situation, like, I would not want to be alone at no. all. No way. <laughs> so, yeah. Dude, if I was, I was like, Ripley, hey. I wouldn't want to be alone. Are you kidding me? Right. Yeah, I was like, I would stay with the <laughs> Yeah. Um. So, yeah, Newt, I think, was, uh, was a really nice addition. I can't wait to watch Alien 3, man. I can't wait. Well, that's... To, I hope not I'm, for Newt. <laughs> I know. I I. It's been a while, but I I remember. Um. But, um. Let's talk. Let's talk about Burke. This guy. Burke. This guy. So this guy is like uh, he works for the Whalen Utani Corporation. He's like the main bad oh, guy yeah, in the movie, yeah, and he yeah. seems actually like a pretty nice guy at the beginning of the movie. He's sticking up for Ripley. He's like kind of a lawyer or something like that. And um, mm. as the movie progresses, you kind of. Ripley pieces together that, um, so, so to set the stage here, LV-426 is where the original derelict ship was on that, uh, you know, the Nostromo went to in Alien, and in the 57 years since, um, they've actually colonized that planet, and Wayland yutani has this big terraforming device that makes you, uh, that makes it inhabitable, basically, so you can breathe oxygen, and et cetera, et cetera. So there's a colony there, about 100, 200 people, and this guy, Burke, tells this colony to go and check out this ship so that they can salvage it knowing that they're going to get creamed when they go there. Um, mm-hmm. And he does this so that he can take this bioweapon back and sell it 
to I mean, whoever. Um, and throughout the movie, he's actually, he tries to, uh, he locks in Ripley and Newt. Actually, I think right after that scene that we just talked about where they fall asleep. And they're like face to face with a couple face huggers. And, um, you know, just does a bunch of really dastardly things. And it's kind of like, again, he's kind of like a perfect stand-in for the Whalen yutani Corporation. Because he's mm-hmm. like so slimy and self-absorbed. And all he cares about is money when like very clearly... Like, these things can't be controlled, but he's arrogant and thinks they can, and just, like... It was another side of that, too. Like, he he is this movie's Ash, and I like, I like the idea in the first movie of, like, kind of portraying... Like, it makes a lot of sense of, like, it's like the corporation is almost, like, unfeeling, you know? It only operates mm-hmm. in their interest. But I thought that was, like, a nice spin on, of it, on it to have, like kind of this guy's now like human yeah the face he's sort of the face of it in real life like especially contemporary with the time he looks like every like 80s you know business guy from any movie you know what i mean like it's in the future but he's got the haircut and the suit you know that looks like he could he could easily be in the guy who's like gonna come and like shut down the community center you know what i mean (laughs) and he does feel like in the beginning like yeah he's like her best ally. Yeah. Like just that she can get in the company. He's helping her out, but there's still like something that's off about the relationship. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, like, you could almost even like think like in the beginning, like are they like setting him up to be a love interest? And then it's like, I I'm so glad that you said that. That's what I totally thought the first time that I saw it. And it feels like that, but something's off. And then as it goes on, like he kind of, shows more and more of like who he is yeah. and they really are and it's like yeah I, I like his character a lot for sure you know who burke looks like well i don't i can't remember the actor that plays him but uh yeah have you seen the music video for don't you forget about me by simple minds yeah he looks like that he could be singing don't you forget like about simple. me yeah he does he could also be in a new wave band or something yeah. for sure yeah um so he gets his at the end but he he doesn't uh i want to talk about this later but he doesn't get his enough i don't think um okay all right let's talk about bishop uh i think we already touched on bishop so we don't have to spend too long but i think that this is a great performance very different from ian holmes uh ash um very sympathetic because he's kind of he has that like i I don't want to say pathetic but that's the word i kind of am thinking of like that like longing to be liked and loved, especially by mm-hmm. Ripley. Um, and he comes through clutch in the end, dude, that yeah. scene where the alien queen, Oh my God. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great, um, choice of casting. Cause I feel like Lance Hendrickson has a look and he is in a lot of movies of like, kind of like a sinister. Yeah. Like old guy. Scummy. And so that's, like... So it's like if you just looked at him and said like this guy's like an android, you'd be like, oh man, yeah, I wouldn't mess with him. But then, like the way, even just right when you first meet him, like the way he talks, he's so endearing, you know. And I yeah. think, yeah, you got to credit that to the actor for sure. And it, like, and it feels like knowing. everyone's like talking down to him too, because like when Hudson's like, <laughs> do, do the knife thing and, and whatever, like he's just like, it's like he's like like, hey, come here, and and you know, like so it, you yeah. gotta get sympathy for him like immediately. That's a great way to introduce him too, though, because you don't really you don't mm-hmm. know who he is before that moment, and then he comes in and starts doing the knife thing. You don't really understand, yeah, that he is this android. So there, it's like tense and creepy, 
and it's like insane and then that's when you find out and you're like oh okay like yeah i, I love the way they introduce that um a couple a couple of the marines here we only need to do a few and spend not very much time on them but vasquez i thought was uh, was really fun she was a she was a fun character mm. i think i think her line where she's like uh uh, I think it was Hudson. He's like, has oh, anyone ever mistaken you for a man? And she's like, no, has everyone ever mistaken you for one? I, I think it's I so all good. The sh- all the shit talking between the group was fun. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of unfortunate. I, I was thinking about this. This is like a bit of unfortunate casting. The actress who po- portrays her is Jewish. Yeah. And it's clearly like they darkened her up. And yeah. Like, and I didn't mind like the, where they made like, like kind of the comments like they made a lot of inappropriate comments but it's like this feels very like realistic but i was just like why'd they cast her you know what i mean but she did a great job yeah role, they, it's it a was... tough spot i feel like because like who's you know if you're an actress um especially not like a big name actress like you're not gonna say no but oh, i'm not mad at her or anything i just yeah I it, it is it's choice, an odd choice you know? i actually you know i didn't know that till a couple months ago when i was like uh reading about this movie and i was just like Whoa, that's uh, yeah that's weird yeah yeah it is weird but i i thought that she was good for what she for what she added she has, in. like the big ones with the big gun on the side yeah that's what's interesting about the movie like when they first show their ship and they're panning across all the guns and all the big stuff that's like all this badass stuff they made for the movie and stuff it is badass but like the most eerie music is playing even though it's the ally ship mm-hmm. which i like that it gives it like it's showing all this cool stuff but it's like I don't know. There's there's something that's like I feel like James Cameron and a lot of people. There's a lot of good directors who get this of like, this stuff is like badass to watch in a movie, but it's also like not cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, and I think that's portrayed with all of these guys. Right. Like I, there's probably a lot of people who quote a lot of this stuff unironically to each other, and they like find these characters like they're the role models or something. And I think. That's because, I don't know, he gets that there's, like, kind of an appeal of that to a lot of people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Hudson. Got a Hudson. good line. Game over, man. Game. Well, he's he's out of them the most interesting to me because he okay. survives the longest um, out of sheer cowardice, I think, which I think is cool because he's he spends the first, whatever, 30 minutes, just it's all badass and then he spends the rest of the time like just absolutely freaking out. Like no matter what happens, he's freaking out. There's like one moment I think where Ripley gets him to like get his shit together or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then something bad goes again and he's just like freaking out. And I, I don't know. There's something like so pathetic about him that I found like, you know, and he represents that to me, actually, that he like this badass Marine but this is what he is at his core. You know, he is a, he yeah. is a baby. I, I think I, I agree with what you said, but I, but I do think that too. So like Hudson is, is like clearly losing it at, at the, the thought of these aliens or whatever. And um, I, I think that we're, we're obviously meant to view him as like a big baby and kind of pathetic and like willing to like, yeah, send Ash to do that. Like, I'm not doing that. Or like, mm-hmm. and he's freaking out in front of Newt and it's just like, come on, man, like get it together. Um, but I also, I do kind of think that, like, it was a little bit refreshing to see that. Because, like, I, I don't know. There's so many movies where, like, even in this movie, like, all these Marines are, like, ultra machismo and, and everything like that. And just, like, I, I, I have to imagine that, like, if something like this happened in real life, like, 
you know, you'd like mm-hmm. to think that you you're you're calm and collected like mm-hmm. Ripley and, and everything like that. But like, how many of us would be like like Hudson? Right, yeah, you know? that, like so. That, I, I think I that there's something weird. very real yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah, no, I found him very like human and like like pathetic. Mm-hmm. I mean that. I mean that as like a compliment to the movie because some like I don't know. I kind of felt bad for him in a weird way. Yeah. Um, he kind of has a lame death as well. <clears throat> Not I can't even remember actually. Um okay, last per actually just last person really quickly. I wanted to give a shout out to the Sarge who was awesome. Yeah. Also killed unceremoniously. Well, that's uh, that he's the best example of that part of that movie where they're going in, he's he's he has a cigar or whatever. Oh, right? like, he wakes up from the, the cryo sleep and he's like <laughs> puts his cigar in his mouth. He's like, Yeah. He's saying the most of those like, you know, uh military movie lines or whatever and yeah. then yeah he's he's like the leader of the group like when they get hosed in that part and i i thought that was great i thought he was great but then yeah I, yeah i thought that yeah. all was perfect i i thought he was great i would it was too bad that he didn't i would have liked to see him last a little bit longer because i i did think that he was very like a an interesting character um mm-hmm. but yeah he i i i thought that his performance was quite good and like kind of a nice not, I guess it was like comic relief, but it didn't feel like comic relief necessarily. But it like it was funny. At that probably I mean, it was sense, funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I I thought that he did a uh, a really good job. Um, so yeah, I have uh, I just like picked out a few scenes and themes and stuff like that that we can talk for as long or as little about uh, as as you want. Okay. Um, and I kind of I kind of went in order here in the the order that they appeared in my <laughs> noggin, so we can. Uh, we could just go through and, and do this bullet <laughs> okay. list style. Um, first of all, I kind of alluded to it earlier, but I, I really do like how this movie like is, is very logical. And like, I, I think that the scene of Ripley's hearing is like, so, um, I don't know. It, it's just, it's so logical and it, it's, it's really good in, in, uh, in a bunch of different ways, actually. Cause first it shows Ripley being a badass and just being like, I'm not taking shit from anybody here. Like, this is what we need to do. It shows, um, the sliminess of Waylon Utani being like, well, you destroyed our million dollar spaceship when clearly maybe the people oh, in yeah. that specific room don't know about the xenomorph, but like clearly other people do in Waylon Utani. Um, that too, but also just, it connects with them. Like they're how they're, they wouldn't care either way. I don't right. think, you know what I mean? Right. Like it, it almost reads yeah, to me sure, like but... those guys know that she's telling the <laughs> truth, but they want to silence her almost. You know what I mean? And, and that's why and, they're doing it. it. And there's no, it's that it's lot. It's, it's logical for them because that, what she went through won't show up on like their spreadsheets. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, there's no, like that's, it. it's both the movies, both logical and like emotional in that it shows that like they can't account for these things. And it's so you feel from Ripley's POV, having seen the first movie, how mm-hmm. frustrating it is. You totally, know? yeah. Like, I, I actually think that this, this scene is, like, really awesome. Like, it's a really important scene in this movie because, like, it it just kind of establishes Ripley. It reestablishes Ripley, reestablishes Waylon yutani and just kind of adds a lot of weight to, like, the first movie. There, there's so many times where, like, like these catastrophic events happen in movies and then the sequel just kind of like glosses over them. And like this one, I think, I think it kind of, well, not really, I guess it kind of doesn't, but this one at least acknowledges like, Hey, we had this like awful thing happen here. And like, this is the fallout from it. So I really like yeah, that yeah. scene. 
Um, yeah, I loved all the beginning stuff. Like I love like and just that the whole process of her, you know, going through that stuff and that whole portion of the movie is mm-hmm. is great. It's not. I'm sure some people would be like, oh, it's like it's a drag or something. But um, I think it's some so of the best stuff. In- two quick ones here, and these were actually both. I believe they were both cut from the theatrical version, but they're in the the version that we watched. Anyways, um, mm-hmm. the first one is about Amanda Ripley, who. Uh, for anyone that has not played Alien Isolation, which is a great alien game, uh, you should play that. But she's the main character of that. But uh, obviously, you know, that has nothing to do with this. But they just, uh, I think that that scene when when Ripley finds out about her daughter passing away from old age and, like, having lived a decent life, I, I think that that, like, really adds some weight to, um, like, Ripley and Newt later and, like, kind of really shows you how... Mm-hmm why both of them would gravitate towards each other so much. Cause they've both just lost. And, I, and we kind of talked about this, but I, I think that that's like a very like integral scene actually. Yeah. So, yeah. And it shows like, she, it, it also works with, like I mentioned too, her going, it shows she's basically lost everything, but her job. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is not really that, you know, it's like, that's the best she's got, I guess. I don't know. So, uh, speaking of scenes that were cut, I can understand maybe why this one was cut. When you meet Newt's family, and, like, her dad oh. said this truck. I'm pretty sure this is cut. From, uh, maybe maybe I'm mistaken. Okay. Uh, I love I, this part. So, uh, this guy, he's got his family in the back of his van, and he's just, like, this crazy derelict ship that looks super ominous and haunted, and he's just like, maybe we should go take a look inside. And I'm like, that seems like the worst idea ever, dude. And uh, we never see him again. So, <laughs> what are they? They're like scientists or something, though. You I know? think they're they're scat or scavengers. Oh, is what I'm trying to say. I was gonna say scavengers, um, scavengers, and they're trying to secure whatever is inside so that they get all of the the bounty for it. Um, which is again, well, kind just... of believe, like there. I don't. Yeah, I, I think it kind of is like at least a believable portrayal. Like they're all there on this. Like this, not a good look, nice looking colony. You know what I mean? No, like, no, um, not at all. I think, I think they're already in a risky situation. I guess it's probably just normal for them. Uh, I wonder why, why someone's just like, you know what, we should move to LV four twenty six. I wonder what brings them to LV four twenty six. You know, opportunity. I, don't I guess. Know. I guess. Yeah. Um. Speaking of LV426, there are some shots where, like, they, uh, they're they in space. I think this looks so awesome. Like, it's it's very, it's clearly, like, old 80s, mm. like, effects. But, like, there's something so, like, real about how they look space so looks. Uh, yeah. It looks awesome. And, like, the planet looks awesome. Um, multiple shots of this planet from outer space. Like, you know what it does? It feels so quiet when you're up there. And, like, I, I watch a lot mm. of sci-fi, so, like, you know, a show like The Expanse, for example, will have, like, a gorgeous, like, a uh, space scene or whatever. But there's something just so, like, I don't know, classic about the way that uh, this planet looks and, like, space looks. And, and it's it, it's awesome. The, it's so good. It's uh, the paintings, the map paintings for the backgrounds, the sets they built, the miniatures. They all look so gritty yeah. and lived in and beautiful, even though, like, you can't say it's a... Like it's a you, you can't say it's a drab movie, even though like the color palette is like blue. Mm, yeah. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's so, like the details are all, it's so gorgeous, I think. Yeah. Um, even though it's like what they made look gorgeous is like a. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> like a the emptiness of a... space. Like it, it just like, yeah. it looks so, it looks awesome. Like the ship that looks like a gun. That's pretty sick. Hmm. Um, okay, so <laughs> I've been telling you about the show Reboot for like the last six yeah. years. And uh, anybody, any fans, any of you guys in Canada listening to this podcast, if you ever watch Reboot, the first thing that you will recognize when you see Ripley's loader is that Dot Matrix used one of those, these loaders to fight Megabyte one time in uh, oh. in Reboot. <laughs> okay. She she kind of rebooted into like a, a Ripley-esque character they were oh, doing okay. like an alien like kind of show um and that was the first when i i had seen that episode of reboot before i ever watched aliens so i always always oh, always think of that when i see this reboot yeah wow um let's see what do we got next oh i wanted to talk about the queen's nest and the first time that mm-hmm. they that they like go into that uh area this is awesome. First of all, I think it's like so awesome how they so they get to LV four twenty six. They're looking for the colony. This place is deserted. It's a ghost town, and it's so creepy because they're just like they find that all of the colonists are like together in the same spot, and it's like clearly something is not right here because there's no way. And they go in, and there's all of this like alien skin and uh. the, the the fog and like the the juice and blah, blah, blah. and it's such an awesome like. You know, I, I was kind of telling, I was saying earlier that, like, I resented this movie for not following in, in the steps of, of Alien. But, dude, when you're in, in this scene, this is, like, peak Alien. Because it's such, like, a slow piece of visual horror that it's just, like, oh, my God. And, it's, and when they find the, the girl in the wall, oh, oh my oh, God, my this is so yeah. awesome. There's so many times where someone's like, kill me. Oh, I mean, wouldn't you? Like, if you had that thing in yeah. you and oh. oh yeah yeah there's a lot of nasty stuff great great effects uh with that sort of thing like great body horror type stuff oh, um man i love yeah this is this is sort of different but i like how they it, that it's sort of like all heightened from the last one and i think they do that with bishop too when when he just gets annihilated is oh, yeah. <laughs> amazing <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah it's everywhere awesome. you see little tubes coming out of his tummy and you're like oh buddy <laughs> um actually it's kind of along the same lines but i think that this you know talking about horror that is i think that this movie did a really good job of making the face huggers like a big threat as well where i don't know I don't think Alien really did that. They didn't really have the opportunity to do that because it was already attached. They surprised you. Yeah, yeah. it was already on, um, you know, John Hurt's face. So, But in this one, we've clearly mm. established, like, these things will attach to your face, lay eggs, and burst out of your chest. So, like, I think that they do, like, a, a really good job of making those things, like, very scary, even though they're, like, this big, right? Like, that scene with um, with Ripley and Newt is, like, incredibly, incredibly intense. And, uh, I don't but, know why- I think of uh, like the raptors in Jurassic Park, like where they're ducking under all the tables and stuff like that. Like, that, that, yeah, okay, yeah, I, I can see that. I, I can see that. It's got the vibes too of that. That's another one that's like that's like got really scary stuff, but it's also like this big flashy movie. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. 
think there's some but yeah them like hiding yeah you don't really i mean you could also make maybe make that as an argument of like maybe they're less threatening then because like they're actually like fighting back against them but i think it's more just because they're they're aware you know and it, that's actually very tense too like trying to avoid getting yeah one of these things on your face you know? well, i i mean i think that like the facehuggers clearly aren't the same level of threat as the the xenomorphs so like oh, i no. think that fighting back against them makes total sense and like you know in that particular scene they're like surviving they're not like fighting back like until the marines come mm -hmm. for backup at which point it's like very believable to me that are like okay we could just shoot these things whereas like with the aliens it's like okay maybe these might need a little bit more mm -hmm. but actually speaking of the aliens i do think that another thing that this movie does a really really good job at that um again the first the first movie didn't do this but because it didn't have an opportunity to do this is that establishing that like like we knew in the first movie that the aliens bleed acid but like that is like a big deal in this movie there's like mm -hmm. very real consequences to like shooting the aliens and like it shows you like very clearly like this acid is no joke and like it's a thing it's yeah, not just I like a, a marketing gimmick it's like the acid will get on people it will get on weapons it will get on the environment it's like a big deal it's really clever stuff with it yeah yeah um, and i like to more like well in the first one too like you don't see the alien do a lot which i think is perfect for that movie it's like it's supposed to be in the shadows. It's a haunted house movie, people say. Yeah. I like how they actually, I think through like special effects, like James Cameron is kind of able to show them like actually kind of moving more mm -hmm. like naturalistically, but still, it still like looks very real because it's still like, it's not like fully CG or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I loved just some of the shots of the xenomorphs, uh, the best one, I think, is when Newt's in the water, oh, and the one man. comes up and it's backlit. That's like, that's like a gorgeous, that, that's a terrifying shot. shot. Yeah. yeah, that scene is. Whew. So um, this is like it shows more of the alien, which is inherently less scary, but they look so cool <laughs> that yeah. I think it it balances out. I don't know. So I had a critique of the first Alien when we did our first Alien in review which is available in the archives of OmegaMetro.com. Mm. And I am going to repeat that critique for this one, where I think that the kills are still so-so. They're so-so. Oh, okay. Bishop aside, but he didn't die. But other than the queen that completely was... annihilating Bishop and just, just murdering that poor him. bloke, <laughs> the kills are very tame. Like, you... Uh, I don't know, like, you see the Sarge get kind of taken, you see Hudson get taken, um, Vasquez blows herself up, like, there, there's not that really... That was awesome. <laughs> it, like, that was a cool kill, but it wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, a cool... Like, we just talked about the movie Prey over on Virtual Theater, and, like, those are some cool kills in that movie. And obviously, you know, we, we've mm -hmm. come a long way in terms of effects and stuff like that. And, and I do... I think that, like... 90% of the time, I really love that they use, like, the practical effects in this movie with, like, the alien costume and stuff. But it does kind of limit how you can do, like, really badass kills, you know. So I, I will, I'm going to throw that out there for mm -hmm. this as well. I don't think it takes away I, from the I movie, but I noticed it. I think it's more like, um, well, one, I think because it's like, this, it, this one is more of a, it's meant to be a little bit more fun. But I think it's more how they fit into like the story or the situation that makes them more satisfying to me. Like 
when uh, Burke or whatever gets his, it feels very, like, satisfying. You know what I mean? So, I, I wanted that dude to be, like, completely ripped apart because I'm yeah. a animal. I don't know what's wrong with me. But, I like... felt it was tasteful and satisfying. And there's, like, a lot of cool, like, there's still a lot of some cool grimy stuff out like, I loved seeing, like, the alien get run over. <laughs> it was pretty cool. That was, yeah, okay, that was um, good. Well, there's some cool alien kills. I'll give you yeah, that. For, yeah, I did <laughs> love seeing some of them get just blown apart, which was great. Oh, like, dude. When Ripley has the flamethrower in the nest at the end, I was like, yeah! that That's a great part. I love that. Where yeah. It's like, uh, she doesn't go in and just, like, kill a bunch of aliens, like, knock them out. It's like, she just knows, like, it, it's the theme of motherhood, like, I, I can basically like hold this thing hostage because it it doesn't you know it doesn't want me to kill these yeah its babies you know such a good part um which is funny because she really didn't have to do that because the planet was literally about to like explode so it was like a, <laughs> it was like an extra fu like yeah. she torches them <laughs> throws the grenades at him oh that was so sweet yeah <laughs> let's talk about that alien queen dude amazing oh, design yeah. So first of all, the reveal of the queen where Ripley and Newt stop and they slowly turn and the camera takes forever to to turn around. Sack. But but like the camera is moving so slow, but it's it's so effective cuz you're just like what is this? And then you see that gross bulging sack full of alien eggs and then this ginormous like this 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 alien it's, it's like got holy these crazy oh my god horns. yeah this looks so awesome and like it, it's you know clearly like the 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 regular xenomorphs have kind of been like um knocked down the the, the pole a little bit here to be yeah, presented sure. as more of like an enemy that could be dealt with with the right weaponry and stuff but like when you see this this is like when you saw the xenomorph in the first alien where it's like oh my god we are we're in trouble here. Um, yeah. it, the, the reveal, just like the, the camera work, I feel like was so incredible. Cause it was so, mm-hmm. so slow and you're just dying to see what the hell they're looking at. They're, the, I forget what the name of that shot is. The one that Spielberg does where he zooms in on your face when you're looking at something crazy. Oh, right. <laughs> um, but like this, this was like so effective and like, just I've seen, I, I don't know. I've seen this movie like, tons of times and like last night so i was just at the edge i was like turn around turn around like i was i was losing it it was awesome this scene is so good this might be the best scene in the movie actually yeah it's another case of something being built up well oh. this is in like a matter of um, the moments but i like because, that. because they're also talking earlier they're like what lays the eggs and so they're, it's they kind of implied to that you're gonna see that scene yeah yeah i love when they're talking about that and he's like it's like an ant colony, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's the big queen. It's like, no, it's a That's bees. bees. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. And uh, then when it comes loose from the sack. Oh, <laughs> and man. The, and it starts coming after him. And yeah, then they got well, I mean, she's, she's basically like stripped the queen of her ability to reproduce. So I would be uh-huh. mad if I was that queen, too. There's actually something like kind of almost sympathetic about the queen. Because like. She is protecting her offspring as well. Um, although I think mm-hmm. that there's there's a bunch of different um, online like uh, essays and analysis about about the 
the contrast of motherhood that Ripley shows and the queen shows and stuff like that. I have, I kind of feel bad when she has to like rip the sack off of her and she's going crazy, um, you know, fighting Ripley for the rest of the movie. But yeah, that, well, uh, you do start cause there are parts where they show like, um, like they cut the power. So you start to think like, Oh, they can like think a little bit, you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah, they are like, when you get down to it, it seems like they are, they might, they're just kind of like animals, you know, that are just doing what they do to survive. The movie doesn't fully examine that though. I do like that. Uh, the, um, I think it's Burke kind of plays the card of like, we're not going to like, he tries to be sympathetic and like, we're not going to just exterminate this whole like alien yeah. race or whatever. And it's like, you don't care about this. You yeah. know what I mean? Totally. And everyone else is like, yeah, we are. Um, that would be what I would have been done. What, what I would have done if I made alien three, it would have been about that. It would have been like, maybe let's try to not kill all the aliens or something. It would have been a total like inversion, but it would have been like maybe acknowledging them as like animals that are just doing what they what do to survive. Yeah. Kind of like I guess uh, the new Jurassic ones are Park esque with that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the new ones are sort of getting there a little bit because they're so, they were show, sort of uh... showing how they're like you know how they're made and i guess like you know what i mean like they like someone yeah. cares for them i don't know I, I think that well we'll talk about them when we get to the new ones and alien in mm. review but like i think that there's like a very um a very desecrated way that these things were created and i guess in like a lot of ways too it's a it's a desecrated way that these things exist because like um in order to, to to breed they essentially have to uh I guess if you wanted to to get heavy, because they almost like rape somebody by like putting their their tentacle down them, and then with their life comes someone else's death. So it's kind of like a mm. a, a desecration almost in, in a lot of ways, which I think is like super fascinating. I think these creatures yeah. are so awesome. But yeah, this mm. this queen is like just this scene was so intense, and this is the last scene that I wrote down. I, I did make a note that just like. The lighting and the cinematography just looks awesome throughout the Beautiful escape sequence. Movie. It looks awesome pretty much throughout the whole movie, actually. Um, but, like, in this escape sequence, just the flashing lights again. It looked awesome in the first Alien. It looks incredible in this one. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, well, just, oh, yeah. Uh, just... It's awesome. It's an awesome scene. Uh, yeah, yeah. Cool final battle, too. I like the final battle. Kind of similar to the first. Pays homage a little bit. But... Uh, oh, yeah. Well, that becomes almost like a thing in Alien is like there's always yeah. like the fake out or whatever you know yeah and I kind of I kind of like it <laughs> I kind of do too it's kind of like it's kind of like when you for for example in Metroid like there's always an escape sequence and like you kind of roll your eyes at it but you're like all right this is this is Metroid so like I like it mm -hmm. um yeah, yeah so yeah it's uh dude I just, I, I just we talked about it earlier but I just want to talk about it again I just I feel so bad for Bishop. When that queen just, God, she just annihilates this poor guy. It just makes me kind of actually laugh for some sick reason every time. Yeah. <laughs> just I know I. Well, that's that's a, there's a lot of things I laugh at, but like there, it's also like awesome. I don't know how to describe it because I think certain people think it's like cheesy, but I think it's like both funny and awesome. Like yeah, there's a minor moment where I started cackling. But it's sick is when uh, the, uh, the the Kyle Reese 
guy jumps through the glass, you know, like to help Ripley and Newt. He like just busts through the glass and it's like awesome. And it's like, he's heroic, but it's also just funny to watch a guy charge straight into glass. And same thing with what's that? If if you were in a room with a bunch of face huggers, I'd throw myself through a a glass pane. (laughs) I think it just looks, it just looks funny no matter how you shake it. (laughs) Same thing with, uh, with, um, Bishop getting torn apart. It's like, it's gruesome, it's sad, it's hilarious, oh. like, I don't know. I think it's one of the best things, it's <laughs> one of the coolest things in the movie. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that, that was all my kind of random scattered thoughts on the specific scenes in Alien. I don't know if, if you have mm-hmm. any, or if you uh, if you want to wrap it up here. I think you about covered it, like, like I said. I think I probably did, yeah. Everything on display here, you talked about the cinematography, we talked about the effects, the music is awesome yeah we haven't talked about that the music the score wasn't it wasn't jerry who did uh the star trek stuff but it was um james cameron's bat pal was it james something james horror horner james horner Mm. did it and he's a legend he did my heart will go on he did the avatar soundtrack um yeah and he's crushing it here with like i said even just some of those little moments, not just there. There's obviously when Ripley starts driving that truck and things get big and it becomes like an action movie. It's it's like amazing. It's unreal. It's like this is this is classic movies right here. <laughs> but he also captures those little creepy moments so well. Um, yeah, I love pretty much I love pretty much everything about this movie. Uh, if you have not seen Aliens or you haven't seen it in a long time. Go and check it out. Definitely worth your while. If you're a Metroid fan, uh, you definitely owe it to yourself to check this movie out and pay homage to it. There's a lot of stuff that this movie does. A lot of themes, a lot of sequences, props even that the Metroid games have kind of liberally borrowed. Um, So yeah, go and and, uh, give it a watch. And as just a reminder, this is the Alien in Review series. So we've done Alien 1. We've done Aliens. We we covered um, Alien Isolation as well for Inspired by Metroid. So we're going to keep going. We're doing Alien 3 next, which is a incredibly controversial movie, which I am I'm really mm. looking forward to that. I haven't I think I've only seen it once. I think I've only seen Alien 3 and 4 once and I never watched them again. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I actually wanted to watch it last night, but I want to save it for when we do it. Um, it's a trick. It's a tricky. Th- Before we, I don't want to say anything about it, but I will say after you watch this, it's. I think it's a similar challenge to uh, after you watch Terminator Two, where you're like, okay, what do we do now? <laughs> you know, like what what you know should what I, happen next if you were going to do a sequel? You know what I want to say? I really like, like Terminator, Terminator 3. Three. I know. I really I know. do. But yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure if I. I'm not sure how I feel about it, but. I think it's kind it's, of mediocre until the ending, actually. I think the ending is what's Okay. Me. Yeah. I think regardless, it's still like, it almost was like, bo- both the first two movies, Terminator and Aliens, and like creepy and like, yeah. man, there's something still out there. This is like, they put a like nice cherry on top of it almost. It feels like triumphant. Yeah. Like yeah. They, they blow up all the aliens or they stop Judgment Day. So it's like, what do you do now? And so... Uh, both, I think, are an inversion of what you expect because it's like, well, we got to make a movie, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we'll we'll talk about it. I'm sure, but Alien in Review will roll on. Goo and I are going to do this whole series. We're going to do 
Alien 3, 4... I just watched all of them, so I'm going to rewatch them again. I I can't wait to talk about Prometheus, actually. that's I'm really looking forward to that. Covenant... I don't know. At maybe that point, we'll do we've AVP. already done a podcast. Yeah. Oh yeah, and there's a second AVP we've never we ne- yeah. we've never watched. Yeah, but yeah. Who maybe knows? we won't do think... the first AVP, but we'll do the second. Yeah. Um, no, we got yeah. we got to do both. <laughs> well, I mean, we've done AVP. Well, we've done Prometheus though too. That's true. Okay, you're right. We got to do so, both. Yeah, it's, it's both. yeah, it's legal. It's fair game. It's gonna and we're gonna do okay. all we're gonna do all the uh, arcade games too. Yeah, weird games. That sounds sweet. <laughs> Uh, all right. <laughs> well, Gooey, thank you for joining me today and talking yeah, aliens. You. This was great. Yeah, it was a blast. Thank you. Um, yeah, we had uh, we had a fun movie night, by the way, in the Omega Metroid Discord server. Uh, Goo and I were there holding court, showing people the and cherry on top. Mario Brothers movie when they saved the day, and the king is defungused. Who is it? But Lance Hendrickson. He's there he's the king go. at the end. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Which well, is very strange. Why? What a, why is he there? What a what a way to to end on this episode. Uh, this is a fantastic. I had such a good time talking about Alien. I knew I would, but I still uh, I love talking about the series. And I love talking movies with you, Goo. So thank you for for oh, coming yeah. on. Uh, make sure that you yeah. check out Goo and I over on Virtual Theater, the podcast about video game movies and the stories that shape them. We have tons and tons and oh. tons of episodes that you can go We're coming. Through. Coming up, we're going to have a commentary we did for the Doom movie, which I think also is heavily influenced by this movie. Oh, Um, definitely. And you're going to want to hear what we have to say about the movie live. (laughs) Yeah. uh, It's all high-color commentary. Yeah, check that out. Um, Okay, well, we are are going to... (laughs) We're going to get out of here. (laughs) We want you guys to to check us out over on Twitter. Uh, Of course, I am at... Spateri316, Goo is at Gooey Fame, and we are at Omega Metroid Pod. Check out the website for um, you know all your Metroid needs, guides, maps, whatever. You got it, it's there. We also have a Patreon that you can check out and support if you feel like uh, you got a few extra bucks to spare. That'd be awesome. You can get a couple bonus shows. And um, yeah, make sure that you're checking us out wherever you get your podcast. Like, subscribe, and most importantly, recommend us to that Metroid fan in your life. Um, if you watch us on YouTube... Thank you for for checking us out, and uh, we will see you guys next week. Take care.